Am I speaking to Victory Outreach this evening? Y'all sound kind of quiet. Did you have a rough day? What was going on? Come on. We have to, right now, we have to just switch our focus. Amen. We have been switching it all through worship. But just one more time, let's just really put our mind on Jesus because we're going to pray tonight. Tonight is prayer night. And I have a message that God's put on my heart through prayer that I'm going to share just a quick message before we get into prayer. So let's close our eyes and let's just begin to worship the Lord as the worship team sings. Yes, there's power, God. In your name, Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, declare it tonight. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain. Everybody do that. 
that there is so much power in your name, God. You said in your word that if your name be lifted up, God, that you would draw all mankind unto you. And Father, it's in your presence, God, that we make an altar of sacrifice, Father, where we lay down those things, Father, that would easily beset us, God. We focus upon you tonight, God. You are the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord God. There's nothing more important than you, Father. We have come into this place for you and for you only, God. So get our minds completely fixed upon you, Father. All distractions be removed, God. Oh, we worship you, Father. We give you praise, God. We know that you're asking us to go deeper, Father, because deep calls for the deep. You're asking us to go deeper into that place, Father, of prayer, Father, into that place, God, of your presence where things happen, Father. Oh, Father God, where our life is changed by your spirit, God. Father, we desire to go deeper, Father. We desire, Father, in a moment as we begin to pray, God, we're going to ask you to take us there, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. We love you. We praise you. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to look at your neighbor with a real serious voice and attitude and say, it's time to change your clothes and build an altar. And you may be seated. (laughs) That's the title of my message tonight. And you'll hear in a while where that came from. But, you know, it's just such a great honor always to speak God's word. And, um, you know, how how many of you know that God is never, it's never coincidence, (laughs) even though we get a little mixed up with pulpit schedules, (laughs) God has his way. So I praise the Lord for for this opportunity to speak tonight. And um, I thank our pastor for allowing me to speak and he's also my husband who I'm so grateful he's a great leader in my life um you know I still need leading amen I I need a lot of leading and I thank God for him that he is my leader he's my pastor he's my friend he's the father of my children he's our shepherd amen he covers his church and we thank the Lord for him and um You know, for the last few months, us intercessors have been coming together every other Thursday for specific needs of the church. We come after Holy Ghost Thursday, um, every other Thursday, and we gather around 1130 in the afternoon. And we come together, you know, I love meeting with the intercessors because they're the mature women of God within the church that have, they're seasoned women of God. And there are intercessors. So you ought to be thanking the Lord every day that you have some seasoned women of God that are not going to get off track and not going to go astray, covering us in prayer. And as the pastors of our church, we really feel their prayers. We really feel their prayers. We feel led by the Spirit. And they tell me later that the things that God puts on their heart to pray for for our pastor, he preaches the next Sunday. So God is showing them things in the spirit. And uh, I join them as often as I can because I really feel like we need a prayer movement within our church. This has been going on now for, I would say, about six months. 
And, um, you know, we want to open it up. If you're free every other Thursday at 11.30, you're, you, you know, lunch break, or you're free from, uh, you know, in the daytime, come and join us. Because we really believe that there is a prayer movement being birthed within our church. And it's being birthed through the intercessors. And um, we pray, and we're going to go back to Wednesday, the first Wednesday of every month, prayer month. And we're going to really get into the attitude and atmosphere of prayer like never before because we truly believe that without prayer, revival can't come. And we know that revival's been knocking at our door. It's been knocking at our door, and it, we felt the trickles of it, and we're feeling the trickles of it. But God wants to pour. Everybody say pour. He wants us to go all the way in so he can pour all the way in. And tonight I want to talk to you about that, about what God has been showing me as I spoke to them a few times about the shift that's taking place. And if any of you um, ever hear Pastor Al Rodriguez, one of our elders, I mean, sorry, Al Valdez, you'll uh, know that he's been speaking on the shift And so it's not just a Victory Outreach Albuquerque thing. It's a movement. There's a movement taking place in the body of Christ, and there's a shift that's taking place. And if you don't shift with that shift or flow with the wave, you you won't be a part of what God's doing. But it takes some specific things for us to be in tune for what God is doing. And one of the things the Lord said to me, for in order for us to be a part of this shift and to be part of the revival, that we need personal revival. How many of you have personal revival? Okay. Men's home, hallelujah. How about you? Do you have a personal revival going on? I have a personal revival going on in my soul. I mean, I get into the presence of God as I did today, and I just break in his presence. I break with a gratitude and a, and a um, just a, a real grateful heart. And I'm just so glad and so happy that Jesus changed my life, <laughs> that he saved my life, that he rescued me, but then that he is willing to share his spirit with me. And that's how our loving father is. He's just waiting to spend time with you. That's what prayer is all about. It's not about that you have to pray. It's that you get to pray. You know, parents that tell their kids, I have to go to work, need to start telling their kids, I get to go to work. Because God is so good that he provides avenues in every area of our life to connect with him. Church is one of them. But on a daily basis, the Lord is calling us to go deeper. On a daily basis, God's spirit is drawing us to him. On a daily basis, he's wooing us to spend more time with him. I know when I get in his presence and I haven't been in his presence for a moment and I've just been working as, you know, working hard. We think working hard is, you know, spiritual in the ministry I'm talking about. It's hard work. It's important. But the most spiritual act that we can have is spending time with him. And so when I'm guilty of that and I've just been doing the task and working hard and doing what I'm supposed to do and I haven't spent that quality time with him, I just break in his presence and I thank him for his mercy that he allows me and he gives me the grace to continue even when I haven't spent the time that I should in prayer. That's God's grace. 
But sometimes we take advantage of that grace. We take it for granted, God's grace, and we think, oh, you know, he knows, he understands. He understands I'm busy from morning till night, and I don't have time. No, he will give you time. You have to make the time. And when you make the time in his presence, that's all you want. Once you get past your flesh and into that place of brokenness, you are blessed in his presence and you just want more and more and more. So that personal shift will cause a personal revival. And how many of you know revival is catchy? It's wildfire. And it spreads quickly. You've seen the wildfires. We've had a lot of them, right, throughout the United States. And it, they catch just like that. And it amazes me how the firefighters are able to go in and quench those fires. Sometimes it, I think to myself, is everything going to burn out of control? This thing is on fire. But yet the firemen come in and they are able to turn it out. But unlike the Holy Spirit and revival that needs to never be turned out, but needs to keep burning stronger and stronger and stronger, we allow it to be burned out by drizzling it out. How? By our flesh, lack of prayer, less prayer, less God, and then less convictions and so on and so forth. So when we come to God daily and we ask him to pour into us a fresh anointing, guess what he's going to do? Give us a fresh anointing. On Sunday, Pastor shared about the anointing. Wasn't that powerful? And then God allowed us to come through the line. How many of you took that to heart and then you asked the Lord to just really keep it burning, keep it burning, right? Wasn't it powerful? So powerful. We could see different callings upon people's lives as they were coming through the line. And there was such an outpouring of God's spirit. But it's up to us to keep the fire burning. So if you allow the fire to already go out since Sunday, you're in trouble. Then that means you just came through an emotional line and you got an emotional touch. But the fire of God is permanent. The anointing of God is permanent. And it is burning within our hearts and we're trying to give it to you. So are you going to take it? Are you going to receive it? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to keep it burning or are you going to let it drizzle out? There's many, many things that will cause it to drizzle out. There's many things that will turn out your fire. We know what they are. But God is saying, I want to do something so new and so fresh that your flesh does not hinder it. I want to do something so supernatural within your lives and within the church. What is the anointing? The anointing is simply the power of God within us that keeps us passionate for him, that keeps us passionate for prayer, that keeps us loving him, serving him, serving people, serving our families, especially now during Christmas, serving each other, serving our church. The fire of God keeps us on the cutting edge. Turn with me to Genesis 35. One through three. And I'm just going to read for lack of time. You can look on the screens. In the Amplified Version, it says, 
Then God said to Jacob, go up to Bethel and live there and make an altar there to God who appeared to you in, in a distinct manifestation when you fled years ago from Esau, Esau, your brother. Then Jacob said to his household and all who were with him, get rid of your idols and your images, foreign gods that are among you, and ceremonially purify yourselves and change into fresh clothing. Then let us get up and go to Bethel and we'll make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me ever since, wherever I have gone. See, if you know the story, how many of you read your Bibles? You should read your Bibles every day. I encourage you to read 33, 34, and then you'll get to this, 35. And what had happened previously to Jacob and his family is they were on a journey to go find permanent a permanent place to live. And on their journey, of course, he he ran into his brother. He gave his brother some of his offerings. And his brother said, you don't need to give them to me. I'm already blessed. And he said, no, the Lord wants me to give them to you. So he gave them to him. And he says, well, let me follow you on your journey. Let's go together. And he says, no, my animals are going to slow me down. So just let me take some time. You go on ahead, brother. So on his journey, he sidetracked and went to a foreign land. In this foreign land, he took his family and everything, and they bought some land, and they started to settle there. Well, his daughter was raped by one of these foreigners, and it was a horrible time for Jacob. It was a horrible time. When he found out about this, of course he was enraged, but his sons were more enraged. And so in the evening, they got together with the father. The father came to him and approached the young man's father and said, let us just marry. Let them just get married. You know, they just need to get married. He loves her. He really, but he really lusted after her because how many of you know no man's going to rape a woman if he loves her? Come on now. He lusted after her. So he was lusting after her. And he said, let, me, let us just marry. And he said, no, we can't let you marry because you guys are uncircumcised. And in our tradition, we're circumcised. Okay. We'll, we'll make a, a pact. We'll make an agreement. If all your men get circumcised, we'll go ahead and let you get married. Let him, let him have her. So that happened. While they were healing, the sons of Jacob went in and took all of them out. Killed them all. Took their livestock, their family, their, their children, their, their um, wives, and they left. So now they're in this position in this chapter where Jacob says, man, you have troubled me. Now you have caused trouble. These are his sons. But they were angry for what they had done to his sister. How many of you know we can get angry in the flesh? We can try to take things into our own hands. But God wants us to learn how to trust him. He wants us to learn how to trust him. And Jacob understood that now they were defiled. So he said, let us go where he, and they went to Bethel, and that's where they said, he said, God told us to change our clothes and to build an altar. So what he's talking about is changing his clothes, is getting rid of those things they had picked up along the way because they picked up not just the woman, the women and the children, but all their idols. So when we start to, the Lord showed me, when we start to do things our own way, hello, 
we begin to pick up idols. When we get out of his will and begin to trust in our own flesh, we pick up idols. Our self becomes an idol. We exalt ourselves above God. We say, I can do it my way. I can handle it. I know what I'm doing, God. I got this. And we get out of his direction. So then what begins to happen is we start to get these filthy clothes on ourselves. And in order for us to experience the revival that God is about to to make happen within our lives and within our church, we got to get rid of the clothes. We got rid of, get rid of that stinky thinky you heard it on Sunday, those thoughts, those attitudes, those desires that quickly lead us astray. And we have to put on Jesus. And when we put him on and we come before him and we build an altar, who becomes the sacrifice? Romans 12, 1 says, we become the living sacrifice. That we lay ourselves before God and we say, God, I want to be holy and acceptable. But too many people are not willing to go to that extreme. But I'm telling you right now, in order for us to receive the revival that God is about to drop upon us, we got to lay down our flesh at that altar. We have to become the living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is pleasing to God. Can we do it on our own? We just saw Jacob. He couldn't, they, they couldn't do it on their own. The sons did it in their own flesh. But we do it by the Spirit. We ask the Lord to come in and circumcise our hearts spiritually. So because they went out of and they tried to move on their own, their father had to bring them back in line. And many times as we're experiencing revival, and we've experienced it within the church, we'll be having a momentum a powerful momentum that's just moving the church forward. And then, boom, maybe a leader falls. Hey, if they get back up, the Bible says that Jesus will pick them back up. But many times that, that doesn't happen, so the momentum gets stopped. Or maybe somebody, you know, there's just always a momentum stopper. There's always an assignment, assigned to the body of Christ, especially to this body. Why does the devil hate us so much? Why do you think? (laughs) I love he's helping me preach tonight. Okay. Yes, because we love Jesus, but more importantly, because we love people. See, we're we're a threat. You're a threat to the enemy because you do something most Christians aren't willing to do. You go one foot from hell, twilight treasure hunting, evangelism, prisons. We have recovery homes, victory homes, not recovery homes, victory homes. He hates what we do. He hates it. So, of course, he's going to always try to stop the momentum. But he doesn't stop it as a whole. He stops it one person at a time. So if you're going to be part of this revival, you need personal revival. So you can be part of the big momentum that God is about to unleash upon this place. Amen. You got to be a part of it. You got to quit letting those things hinder you. Like we heard on Sunday, we have to let God be God already. See, we can't let our godly heritage be violated. Their godly heritage was violated. You have a godly covenant. You have a godly heritage that Jesus gave you the day you got saved. 
And you have to trust him that he's going he's gonna to walk you through it. Amen. Everybody say, walk me through it. He needs our heart to be enlarged so that we can have the capacity to be filled with revival. The scripture says that we can, he cannot put new wine in old wineskins. Because why? They're not flexible enough to hold it. An old wineskin gets tough and hard. It's not flexible anymore. So if you're an old wineskin, whatever that means to you, I'm not talking about age. I'm not talking about maybe you're stuck like Chuck or whatever the case may be. You need to let God give you a personal breakthrough. You need to quit thinking a certain way. I don't care how many years you've been serving the Lord. You can always get a fresh perspective. It's all about your perspective. Amen. God wants us to trust him for new things. Everybody say new things. For new steps of faith, for new jobs, for raises, for for provision, for new ideas, for ministry, for new healthy relationships, for new thinking, for new mentality shift. For new faith to believe for greater things, for new levels of love. God is a God of change. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But he changes us. And it's important for us to flow with that change. It's important for us to allow God to take off the old garments and to give us a garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness, the oil of joy for mourning, amen? All those new, fresh garments that God is about to wrap around you. Tonight, we're going to go into prayer. We're going to ask the Lord for the new. We're going to ask God to pour the new into us. We're going to ask God to pour a fresh, fresh fire within us. And some of you walked into this place desperately needing a touch from God desperately and guess what god knows god knows what you need god knows the personal revival that you need within your life right now god knows exactly what you're going through god knows the needs you have god is concerned with all of it i want us to stand tonight tonight is about prayer i shared this short devotion because I really feel that God wants us to experience something so supernatural. He wants the anointing to continue that was on Wednesday. He wants it to continue as you come before him at these altars tonight. See, the Lord is saying to us, I have so much more for you. I have so much more for you. I have greater levels, greater levels of faith. I have it for you. I want to give it to you. But it's not going to happen until you get into that place, into the presence, until you let this flesh or command this flesh to come under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. It's a daily sacrifice. Back then they sacrificed every time they needed a breakthrough, every time they needed sins to be forgiven for the people they had a sacrifice and the priest went into the holy of holies and and then he sacrificed on behalf of the people prayed on behalf of the people but we don't need to do that we have jesus we're able to go straight in to the throne room come on give him praise straight into the throne room of god straight into the place 
where we can get a breakthrough. But I'm telling you, this flesh will fight you every bit of the way. The minute you get in his presence, thoughts are going to come to your head. Like, what are you doing? You have to go do this. You have to do that. You know, what What are you doing? You don't have time for this. No, 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 no. The kids, the job, the whatever. All kinds of stuff's going to start hitting your head. And that's when you have to say, in the name of Jesus, I command these thoughts to come in subjection to Christ. Because now I'm going to spend time with him. Now is my time for Jesus and Jesus alone. Now is the time. That's the theme that we have for the new year. Now is the time. That's our international theme. And I believe now is the time for you to have a personal breakthrough. For you to have a personal revival take place within you. So this fire that God wants to pour upon us will be spread. We won't have to do that much evangelism. Guess why? Because God will draw them. God will draw them. Why will he draw them? Because we're going to want to pray harder. We're going to want to pray longer. We're going to want to spend time in his presence. And as we're spending time in his presence, we're going to experience what they experience in the upper room or the Azusa revival or any of the revivals. But I want us to be a part of this revival. We have to be a part of this revival. Period. We're victory outreach. God has called us to live a victorious life and to have a victorious church and to win a city that is dying by his spirit. Let's close our eyes tonight and just begin to thank the Lord for his presence. And then in a little bit, I want you to find a place at this altar. We're going to come together. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going to seek the Lord like never before. We're going to seek God. We need him. We need him more than ever. Hallelujah. Jesus, we worship you, Father. We worship you.